Yes, I must be just a wee bit solemn now. Because this is a day of history. This is a day we will all remember where we were. Now, this is according to CNN, and they're right about everything. Uh, and I know the guy who can put this into perspective for us is Nick DiPaolo, a, a grand historian of his own right. Hello, Nick. Hi, Glenn. How are you? And I can put it into perspective, especially CNN, because I, I dated Don Lemon for two years. <laughs> really? Really? Oh, my That's, goodness. Yeah, he's he's a special, special guy. I, I couldn't believe. Did you see the thing from him? What was it last week where he was acting? In fact, do we have the... Do we have the acting clip? We need this. Any tool. I was merely acting. Yes, it was merely a tool. He was merely acting. <laughs> he, I think it was on Friday night, he read a tweet from Donald Trump, and it was that uh, the tweet where the video where he was, uh, what's his name, from the superhero movies, and he was going to, did you guys, everybody's looking at me. Yeah, Thanos. You guys, did you guys see this? Um, and uh, and then Don Lemon comes on and he's, what is that? I I don't even I don't even know. I I don't recognize us anymore. I mean, it was as bad as any <laughs> William Shatner Star Trek episode. It was that bad. I put him right up there with Larry Storch from F Troop. That guy hit it out of the park. I was just laughing at you saying that you were. Uh, with your daughters watching Die Hard for a Christmas movie. That... Come on, that's a what Christmas gonna, what movie. Are you, what are you, you going to do on Easter, Scarface? Or... <laughs> that is a Christmas movie. You don't think so? We had a big debate around here, and it is absolutely yeah, yeah. a Christmas movie. Yeah, I guess so, because it's set there at Christmas. But right. come on, there's a lot of blood and gore, machine guns and terrorists, uh, you know. Not exactly a feel good. Not exactly it's a wonderful life. All right, so it's, uh, you know, Christmas in like Baltimore. It. I'm li- <laughs> I thought they outlawed that. <laughs> well, they've outlawed a lot of stuff in Baltimore. It doesn't seem to help. Doesn't seem to help. So, uh, Nick, what are your what are your thoughts today on this historic moment? They, CNN and the news they all keep saying two things. One, yeah, the House members, the Democrats, are yeah, they're they're under a lot of pressure today and history and the constitution is weighing them down and <laughs> okay so for, so, so when they yeah go ahead you know i was gonna say so first comment on that go ahead well i love when they when the when the democrats bring up the constitution that is just hilarious uh you know it changes from minute to minute with them they don't believe in it for a second they're trying to you know rebuild that society from the ground up and uh but this is all uh, this is all hilarious. I, I, I like it. I, I'm proud of Trump. He should be proud. Look, he came in as an outsider. He flipped over the apple cart. He said he was going to drain the swamp. So a guy like that should be getting impeached. It shows that he's going against the grain. That's how I feel. He's a hero. I always like the bad guys. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's a hero. Quote, I always like the bad guys? <laughs> well, yeah, it's like Tony Soprano. Was a, uh, there's a phrase for it in Hollywood. I should, I should know, but I never got an actor. It's, an, it's an anti-hero. Anti-hero. Yeah. Yes. Don't you think? I mean, for a guy who said he's going to go in there and flip out the way, you know, turn over everything in D.C. and how it works, it's natural that, that he would step on toes and, and get impeached. I think he should wear it as a badge of honor. I'm very proud of him. 
that is, and it wasn't for a simple, uh, you know, uh, he didn't have an intern playing with his uh, private. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is a real. <laughs> this is a real impeachment. Right. Uh, we're talking to Nick DiPaolo. You can find him at nickdip.com, a uh, comedian extraordinaire who has never stopped being politically incorrect. You can watch his special at nickdip.com. It's it's really, really funny. Uh, a little it's harsh, but... Hit, it, it's about to hit a million views. Is it? Either like, with it, with it by the weekend, I will hit a million views. So have you... Have I you, put this out in May. So. Have, you ever, have you ever approached or been approached by, you know, Netflix or Amazon or anybody... Yes, they told me stop doing comedy. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, Are you kidding me? I'd have to be a. I'd have to be a transgender Native American with a hair lip riding a donkey. Right. To take a look at there's. Me. There's no way they would ever do that. No way. Yeah, that's called. Uh, that's just plain out prejudice, discrimination, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but yes, I was saying this stuff long before Dave Chappelle, Billy Burr. I love how these guys are the heroes now. I am the real thing. I am the Bo Diddley of comedy. You know how, like, Chuck Berry got all the commercial success, but Bo Diddley was the real? Right. Right. I'm the Bo Diddley. Right. That's right. I'm preparing myself That's... for 110-year-old black guy with diabetes. <laughs> that everybody's like, the who? The what? <laughs> That's quite an accomplishment. Quite an accomplishment. Um, uh, so the other thing I wanted to ask you on this is, how do you feel about you know the the press has been saying you know it's very a very historic day and it's all you know yeah. all this bullcrap and everyone the Nancy Pelosi has been saying you know about how she's just been praying and uh, how this yeah. is just a very spiritual moment she never says what she she says she she's always praying for the president but she never says what she's you know she's praying that he dies in a car accident or a She's the most evil witch on the planet. They are psychotic. They're not even good at what they do for a living. All the people on the left, the Chuck Schumers, the Nadlers, they were all nerds as kids, but they were always book smart. That's why they became lawyers and then politicians, but they're not even good at it. They talk about how dumb Trump was when he was running for president. He's made them look like an ass on, what, four occasions now? And he's going to do it again. But you see the polls. You see the polls? He's surging in the polls. It's already backfiring on these idiots. So what do you think is going to happen when they finally vote? And I don't think they're going to vote. They're supposed to vote now, but the Republicans are just, they're just throwing tire irons at them. Uh, And (laughs) so they're going to vote tonight, probably. Uh, what, uh, What happens when it goes over to the Senate? What should happen? And what do you think will happen? It's going to happen. I, I think Mitch McConnell's handling it beautifully. He's already put up a saying, you know, he's saying, look, and, and, and what's his name? Schumer has the nerve to say uh, they should call uh, John Bolton and, and Mulvaney and, uh, and, and, and what's his name? Uh, the chinless Mitch McConnell uh, with those giant owl eyes. Uh, uh, well, I'm not, a, uh, I'm not an impartial juror. This is politics. I love what he said. He said, there's no way in hell. He goes, we're not going to do that after the way you treated us uh, and the whole process where we didn't get to call witnesses in the House and all that. He goes, you're going to get a, you're, you're not going to get a, uh, you're going to get a totally partial <laughs> um, handling in the Senate. So I, I love what he's doing. You know, McConnell, uh, I have mixed feelings. I don't like career politicians, but this guy, uh, I think he's underrated. You cannot focus on him missing his chin, but yeah, uh, I mean, he, lo- he looks more like a turtle than an owl. But um, we can argue not, that not, some other not, day. 
Uh, well, not one Republican is going to – it's going to be uh, unanimous. Not one Republican – they talk about, oh, there's a few of them on the fence. No, no. No, it's there's It's going to be a shutout. Yeah, there you are agree? a few. I think in the Senate there are a few. I think I could see Mitt Romney. Romney? Yeah. Susan God, Collins, those, Mitt those Romney. Mormons. It's those Mormons. <laughs> don't you hate those guys? <laughs> oh. No, I don't. I, uh. I actually – I used to like Mitt Romney until Trump ran for president. I saw what a two-faced backstabber he is. But I thought Romney was a decent guy. I watched that documentary. I go, this guy's just a good guy. And yeah, I thought so, too. That really so changed too. me. I, I, I don't like that guy. He's very smart and, um, you know, part of the uh, corporate vulture. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he disappointed me. And uh, who else? I don't I don't know the other people. I, I know Mulvaney or whatever his name is. But uh, so but do no, you think this is do you think this is good that I mean, how do we I was thinking today they they're they're impeaching Trump because yeah. he was, they say, using his office to hurt his political rival. Well, they have used the entire government. They've used the DOJ, the State Department, uh, the FBI. They've used the House. They've used all of the apparatus of government to do nothing but smear this guy uh, for the last four years. So when do we impeach them? When does and and I don't even I'm, I'm not looking for you know, gotcha. I'm looking to teach people a lesson in Washington. You can't do this. Yeah, I don't understand. The beauty of this, it's all coming on the, uh, you know, the Horowitz report coming out. That's the backdrop for this. And they have the nerve to look into the camera and say that stuff about Trump. On the, you know, with, with the Horowitz report proving the FBI lied to the FISA courts, all this, and like you said, they used the whole apparatus to help Hillary, uh, you know, uh, to get rid of Trump. And they have the nerve to look into the camera and say that Trump's a danger to our democracy. It, it, I don't know if they're just crazy or it's uh, willful or ignorant. I don't know what it is. But, um, but like I said, it's showing in the polls. Trump's creeping up, uh, actually leading everybody. But, uh, you know, Biden, which is hilarious. This guy's getting jello in a nursing home, and uh, he's still in the front. Uh, but... No, you're right. They use the whole apparatus, and then they have the nerve to say this. Um, so is there, is, is just as, because I think a lot of Americans are are just so beaten down because they're like, the, the bad guys, they always get away with it. I, I can't get away with anything. There is no real justice in Washington. You know, if I was involved in any of this, we'd be nailed. They're not for any of these. They're not for equal rights they're not for equal justice they're not for any of this stuff and they continue to get away with it and i think the average american is like you know what i can't take much more of this i mean is there ever going to be a reckoning a day of reckoning for this well that's that's a great question because they they keep saying now like after the pfizer came out that comment about the fbi lying to them and stuff Oh, uh, we're looking now. Now this the take is: well, we hope these procedures are corrected so this doesn't happen in the future. No, somebody has to go to jail. I agree. Somebody has. I love when Chris Wallace was interviewing uh, Comey, and he goes, "You're acting like you were a third party looking in on this." You know, he mm-hmm. goes, "You were the head of the FBI when this was going down." Well, what do, do the do the Republicans have bad lawyers? It seems like Devin Nunez is the only guy that knows what he's doing. But I don't understand. That is a great question. Why the Hillary Clintons and, and even Obama? I can't believe how his name doesn't even come up in all this. Like he didn't know about it. Right. Why do they not? Why aren't they held accountable? 
what's his name is rotting in jail. Uh, Manafort, Manafort and uh, Stone and and why I don't understand. Do we have bad lawyers? I, 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 no, I, I think we have. Or... I think this is my honest opinion, Nick, and uh, maybe I'm wrong. I just think that people like McConnell are dirty. I don't think they're going to go after him because they're involved in the same kind of stuff just in, you know, on their side. So I don't think anybody wants any of this stuff to come out. Ah, uh, good take. When I think there, when I think skeletons in the closet, I think Giuliani. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I love how he's out there shooting his mouth. <laughs> I, I love again. I like guys that, that uh, just you know they're, they're you know he's a he's a wild card. He's out there shooting his mouth off. And uh, but I never pictured McConnell as dirty. But again, for a guy, what's he been in politics since twelve oh, yeah, no. AD? So yeah, yeah, no, yeah. he's very dirty. He and his wife are in all. <laughs> no, seriously, they're it's very very dirty. Uh, he's what the is head it? Of transportation. What? Isn't his wife like the head of transportation? What's her name? Kim, the Asian woman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's the head of transportation. And I've, you I've know nothing. I've never met a dirty Asian woman. I've never met a d- dirty Asian woman in my life. Outside a couple of massage parlors. I'm not going to get... I'm, okay, we're not just going to stop it there. We're just going to stop it there. <laughs> Nick DiPaolo from NickDip.com. NickDip.com. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Hey, Have a great Christmas, you, brother. You bet. Bye-bye. You too. Uh, you got to watch his special. I warn you, it's very rated R. Uh, but he says things, well, as you just heard, that nobody says anymore. All right. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Hang on. We're uh, we're breaking for some uh, breaking news here. Um, as the House debates guidelines for Trump impeachment. Uh, we are here in the newsroom, uh, and our, our teletypes are now just uh, spitting out that we have some really important news, as I seem to be getting... I guess I'm too close to the teletypes now, uh, so can, let me just w- walk back over here. Okay, uh, apparently, absolutely nothing has happened uh, as of yet in the house and don't expect anything to happen for quite some time and uh, there we have it our news update mm, that's powerful we'll continue to uh, bring you all of the important news updates by the way if you're thinking about timelines today uh, it appears that we will not have a vote until at least probably 5 30 eastern probably a lot later than that more like 7 or 8 eastern uh, right when we're live <laughs> What? Well, at five o'clock, I mean, we'll be Eastern time. We'll be live, so we'll be able to. Yeah, probably. It's probably going to be after that, though. I would say. Right um, when we're not live. Right. That's probably the better way right. of, of stating it. Although I don't know why you'd bother stating it if that was the way to state it. Uh, we know that uh, there are <laughs> two hundred and twenty uh, votes now on record for impeachment, which is enough uh, to get it through. So, so it's so, pretty exciting. I'm sitting on mm, the edge of my seat right I am now. Riveted. I'm not sure what's going to happen. They already have the pre-vote mm-hmm. of 220, which is, I believe, four more than they need. Uh, and so it's quite tense uh, here. It's uh, very tense because there's, there's other people who haven't said what they're going to do yet, but it won't matter. It won't, won't change the outcome in any way. I mean, there are probably two interesting people left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when it comes down to who, it, who are they? Uh, one is Ron Kind in Wisconsin, who is in mm-hmm. a district where Trump won by four points, mm-hmm. and he's the only one really in a competitive district that has not announced his vote yet. What about Peter Bogdanovich? 
the great Hollywood actor and not, great Hollywood director. Not sure but, he's uh, on the list here. Really? Yeah. Because that's somebody that I would be interested to. What is Peter Bogdanovich? What is he going to do? Mm. What, 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 what is he going to vote today, I, even I, though he's not in the House? I'm not sure okay. at this time. All right. Well, here's here's just, one you might actually be interested uh, one in. One I'm actually interested in. Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard. What is she going to do? We don't know. That's we why I said know. she's undecided or unclear. Right. Um, she is saying she's going to uh, she's going to figure out uh, today what she's going to do as far as the vote goes. That one's interesting because I think some people on the right have kind of looked to Tulsi Gabbard as the one mildly sane partial candidate. The Democratic I think she is. Okay. On the Democratic side, I don't think any of her policies are what I would call sane. No, uh, but she. But I. But I. I actually really like her. I'm, uh, she seems. Yeah, she seems like a serious person. She's obviously served the country. She's done a lot of good things. In the next season of the Glenn Beck podcast, Glenn adopts a a, a little Asian foreign kid, uh, <laughs> and uh, you never know what will happen. Also, special guest star Tulsi Gabbard. On the next season of the Glenn Beck podcast, right. not sure what's happening. One of those today. is true. One of <laughs> those is true. Yes. <laughs> one of them's true. One of them's true. Oh. Tulsi is actually. I've, I've talked to Tulsi uh, about being on the podcast, oh, and uh, while I don't agree with anything she says policy-wise, I think she actually does love the country and cares. I am interested to see how she votes on impeachment uh, this time because she's uh, she is cut from the same cloth as many Americans of. Thinking that the Democrats are just, uh, and the whole system is just corrupt and grotesque. Ladies and ladies and gentlemen, as Doug Henning would say, it is magical. It is a magical day. Uh, and always, as always said with magic, watch the other hand. And we're going to get to that here in a second. Uh, uh, right now, Michael Burgess, who is, he's mine. He's my congressman from my great state of uh, Texas. This guy I vote for. He's actually making some really good points. Uh, where he was saying, look, this is ridiculous. We couldn't even get our own records. We couldn't get anything in time to actually read any of this uh, to be able to to make a reasonable judgment on impeachment. This is a total and complete sham. Uh, good job, Michael. Let me go to uh, let me go to Daniel Horowitz because Daniel has the facts on what's what's going on in the other hand. Doug Henning, illusions and magic. Uh, what they're doing this week in Congress is obscene. In fact, it's exactly what we should have done as Republicans, and Donald Trump was the red herring. Donald Trump was the one. Watch over here. Watch Donald Trump. While we passed stuff, the House has passed just an abomination of a bill, uh, just what, yesterday or the day before, and Daniel Horowitz is here. It's the omnibus bill. Hey, Daniel. Hey, great to be with you. Don't you like the WWE show? I mean, this is great. This is crazy. Wrestling. This is crazy. It's a very solemn day, Daniel, as you know, and uh, and very sacred. And uh, those Democrats, the pressure they're under, you know, the weight of the Constitution is on their shoulders today. So I'll have none of this, uh, none of this fast talking from you, Daniel Horowitz. <laughs> well, y- y- look, you know what, Glenn? I got to give it, give the Democrats credit. If you think about what they're accomplishing, yeah. On the same day they are impeaching the president, 
they are getting Republican leadership in both houses, as well as evidently the president, to support a year's worth of their budget and policy priorities. So, I mean, this is what I don't understand. If the Democrats are so terrible and it's so terrible what they're doing, wouldn't the best way for Trump to get back at them be to to impeach their bill and veto their bill or just tell Mitch McConnell he doesn't support it, he won't bring it to the Senate floor, do another clean CR? And could you imagine the theatrics? The president would be amazing at this. Come with, you know, a 5,000-pound uh, stack of papers, <laughs> pick up a few sections and show the random insane stuff in it, make fun out of how no one read it, and say, look, at its core, this is what people elected me to do, not just talk about changing the swamp, but actually do it. Go back, do your homework, pass a clean CR, and let's study, debate, and even discover the provisions of this and start building a narrative for border security against sanctuary, sanctuary cities, 70-30, 80-20 winning issues. My problem, Glenn, is, and you know I've been pretty harsh on our movement, the Democrats care about policy outcomes and results. Our side seems to care about nothing more than talking points. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. They actually believe in something, uh, and they're doing it. Every, even this impeachment is tearing down our faith in the system, which helps the the far left of the Democratic Party. Uh, they believe in something. They're doing it. I, I don't know what we're doing. P- please explain the omnibus bill for anybody who doesn't know what an omnibus is and and what they've snuck in, what the Democrats have put into this thing. It's a monster. Sure. So obviously there's the spending and then there's the policies. So they don't legislate anymore. I mean, they, they do nothing all year. And again, this is a great talking point that the president can make fun of them with. So what they do is they, this has become an annual ritual where they wait right before Christmas. And then suddenly it's a hellfire rush to get a budget bill passed, even though they were operating on a stopgap stop for months. And they could continue that while we discover their agreement. But no, once they get the backdoor agreement, they put in twenty five hundred pages worth of stuff all into one bill. So both the spending priorities of all 12 departments, but also any number of policy changes. For example, do you know that they raised the tobacco age from 18 to 21? Now, I don't smoke. I hate smoking. It's not my thing. But that's a big policy. Incredible. Nobody in the country knows about that. You would think we would have a separate legislative debate over it. That was stuck in by Mitch McConnell. I I mean, and by by the way, that has tax revenue that that has. Revenues attached to it. So anything that you're spending, you're now making your spending uh, even worse because you're cutting out all the tax revenue. So not only is it should be something that we talk about and we, you know, debate back and forth. And again, I'm with you. I don't like smoking. I hate it. Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, wait a minute. We're just going to jam this into a bill in the middle of the night and nobody even knows about it. Exactly. And, And God knows what else is in there, by the way. Parallel to this, they passed a 3,400-page defense authorization bill, and, and we found, like, stuff on banning the federal government from, uh, you know, looking into criminal history of federal employees. I mean, that's a very contentious issue that's been debated for many years. That, that's in there. I mean, that's going to be signed by the president tonight. Oh my gosh. God knows what else is in there. Um, but let's talk about the spending. So remember the Tea Party. I mean— you know, Glenn, obviously, you, you remember that like it was yesterday. The first year of President Trump, of uh, President Obama, 
it shocked the consciousness of a nation. We've never, we never saw spending like that, right? I went back and looked to see what the spending levels were for the first two months of Obama's first full fiscal year. That's FY 2010. It was $471 billion. The first two months of this fiscal year, and this is before this bill, we spent $814 billion. Hmm. So no matter what – I don't have an inflation calculator in front of me now, but no matter how you slice that, that's insane. Um, and, and that was when we had 10% unemployment. To be fair, a lot of people were on food stamps, unemployment. Revenue was in the toilet. Now we have 3.5% wow. unemployment, record revenue. What in the world are we conserving? But that's not enough. This bill will set the trajectory for $320 billion more in spending, but that doesn't include the tax expenditures they put in um, three hours before the bill. So I haven't even looked at that yet. Um, and then obviously – it has a lot of terrible provisions in it, but let me give you one. We call it the MS-13 recruitment provision. So what they do is they in prospectively invite illegal aliens to self-traffic their family through the cartels and be brought here and be considered unaccompanied alien children who are then reunited with them and resettled at taxpayer expense. And in return for that, they get amnesty. ICE is not allowed to put into removal proceedings anyone who is a sponsor. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, I can't, I don't, I can't even get my arms around this yet. This is in the bill. It does what? This is in the bill. It's, it's, gosh, it's, it's, um, there's two omnibus bills. This is in the 580 page bill with DHS. It, it's a, around page 460. And what it basically does is it invites those who are doing the trafficking, those that are bring- – when you see these unaccompanied alien children, they're not random children that are captured by cartels and brought here against their will. I mean I think we would all want to treat them as refugees. No. They are self-trafficked by, let's say, agricultural workers, illegal alien parents who have already snuck into the country. Now they want to be reunited with their kids, so they bring them in. Oh, but they're unaccompanied. So they have to be treated like refugees. They come and show up and say, hey, we're sponsoring them, and it's their family member. And in return for that deed, that trafficking operation, ICE cannot deport any one of those sponsors. Now, law enforcement throughout the country has said that this is the single biggest recruitment for the resurgence of MS-13 that you're seeing in Long Island, in Virginia, in California, several other places – because this is replenishing their ranks with 16 to 18-year-old young males from Central America that either are already a part of it or certainly are prone to get involved in it. And they, they also have to show their moxie and have to be particularly violent as new members to, to break in. I mean, this is the type of stuff, Glenn, that we have no movement to monitor, to, to advocate for, to focus on. This is the type of amnesty bill that we would have died on under Hillary Clinton, that, that it was our worst nightmare this would come to fruition. They get this overnight without firing a shot. Jeez. It's incredible. Daniel, there's no hope for us. Really, there is no hope for us. There's no hope for America if this is what we're going to tolerate. There, there is, God forbid we could have an illegal alien 9-11 tomorrow, and we will not have a movement to – 
act on a single legislative strategy, executive strategy, a single issue. It, it was Mueller the first two years, then impeachment. The second term, if, if Trump wins the second term, it will be the next thing. And, and here's the deal. The left doesn't get paralyzed by impeachment. They are out in the courts, in the states. They, they might have their grifters and talking point people, but they got their serious legal and policy people. I mean, you look at the Democrats in New York and New Jersey, the civilization battles that they're accomplishing, yes. neo-Confederate laws against immigration enforcement, literally just violating federal law, shielding, harboring illegal aliens, uh, 1324 8 USC, um, uh, having felons vote. But they're doing it in red states, too. Kentucky, the governor just uh, reversed Medicaid reform and had 140,000 felons vote first week in there. They accomplish. They come. They see. They conquer. Our side is happy to get on Fox News. Is it true, too, that, Daniel, in one of these bills they have um, in there, things that I would like in some ways, uh, the Obamacare, some of these Obamacare taxes, pulling them away. But it's interesting in that, like, they made this big deal that Obamacare was paid for. And it seems like the unions just keep coming in and saying, well, all the things that we're paying for it now don't exist anymore, yet we keep the plan. Is that stuck in there as well? Do I have that right? It's phenomenal. And I actually oppose that, and here's why. So first as a baseline, just consider um, there's the bigger omnibus and the smaller one. That's in the bigger one. Consider this. You know how radical the Democrats are, okay, Mm -hmm. in this era. All but seven Democrats voted for this bill. All but seven out of, what, 235 or something Mm -hmm. voted for it. That includes Presley, Jay Paul, um, all these types. So ask yourself this. Well, suddenly they oppose Obamacare. Here's the deal. I call this low-tax socialism. Here's what the Republican Party has done the last 10 years. Here's the one issue they've conserved. What they do is they give the corporations the one thing they want to save them from the Democrats, and that's lower taxes. Then they turn around and serve as the enforcers of cultural Marxism, open borders, refugees, pro-criminal laws, Mm -hmm. but also um, fiscal liberalism, Obamacare, um, personal welfare, corporate welfare, everything except for lower taxes. So what they've done is the worst mix of all. They've repealed the funding mechanism of Obamacare, but they actually in this bill extended and expanded Medicaid and the subsidies, which is the heart and soul, and also banned – some of um, Obama's um, regulatory reforms that were starting to help, that's another thing in there. So it's the worst mix of all. Policy-wise, it's the worst, but also politically, because what it does is it gives the healthcare cartel the one thing that they wanted, and now they're going to turn around and enforce Obamacare and side with the Democrats. This was the one point of leverage we had on them. Now they're going to fully back it, which is why every single Democrat, including the most progressive ones, supported it incredible daniel horowitz mm. senior editor of conservative review um part of the blaze family and uh thank you so much daniel you've officially <laughs> completely <laughs> bummed me out um Merry Christmas to you too <laughs> <laughs> thanks uh, oh, God. <laughs> welcome to the uh, glenn beck program uh Tomorrow, I'm going to be uh, broadcasting uh, broadcasting live from Florida. I'm going to be at the Turning Point Convention, which Turning Point is this amazing operation uh, that is just, what, four or five years old um, and started by millennials. And it is 
I think this I think the turning point convention is bigger now than than CPAC. Um, and they're having it down in uh, Florida and I'm going to be the keynote speaker. And um, I think we have some interviews uh, coming with, I think, tomorrow or the next day. I, I hope to have Rudy Giuliani on uh, and some some other really uh, good names that are going to be there that um, I'd like to share with you. So I'll be there for next couple of days. Stu is going to be right here, right where he belongs, you know, away from people. You in particular. Uh, yeah, no, it'll be, uh, it's going to be a pretty big conference. They have a lot of big names there, actually. Yeah, like everybody. Yeah, it seems like it's a big deal. So I don't know why they invited you, but, you know, congratulations. I'm, I'm yeah, they there. have me opening up. Uh, so mm-hmm. that should be. Well, people could show up late, though. I mean, that's, that's, that's an easy but way I, to avoid. Wait a minute. I, to be able to get the good parts of the conference without all that Glenn. You know, that doesn't <laughs> doesn't sound very supportive. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I apologize. <laughs> so turning point, really it's excited point. to see you there uh, tomorrow. And I will not be bringing Stu. So <laughs> let the celebrations begin. You're listening to.